Hello and welcome to episode 91 of the Lake Life Career Change podcast with me, Phil Swallow. And the episode this week is called Peeling the Onion. And as ever, I will explain what that means because I don't think I've covered that one in the past. Anyway, I'll explain as we go through the show. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, and that little note just reminded me, a little noise that I've forgotten the usual, so do not disturb. Oh, hang on. All right. You know, I've been using these phones for years and I still don't... Anyway. Um, right, so what's been going on? Well, lots actually. Um the week ago, uh, I think I put it up live on the day of the show last Wednesday, and it was a little video that I did from drone footage that I did first thing in the morning because it was a really clear, crisp day, and um, it went down really well. Uh, it's had around about 220 something views in the first week, which is a good number, and uh, really nice comments, loads of likes actually, um, well over 10%. And you know, sometimes with this, with the music choice and the, you know, as I as I develop my editing skills, um, I, I try and get an emotional connection if I can with certain things. Not always. And uh, someone said they found it quite emotional, but I think that was in a good way. And apologies if I'd mentioned that last week as well, but uh, generally very good. Uh, some really nice comments. And um, I did take some other footage of a frosty morn that was, what, Friday, I think? Thursday or Friday, probably Friday. Uh, and I just shared a, a still picture because someone mentioned about one of the uh, roads nearby to us. Um, would be nice to see that. And I've actually got some footage in there as well that I've not really played back yet. So I've got that in the bank. I mean, sometimes I do that with footage, just store it. And then if I need it, I can use it. And probably there's some stuff there that's worthy of going into, um, into my stock library on Pond5. So I'll probably do that as well. Uh, what else should I do? Well, I went to Croydon last Thursday to film my one year on, and I found Croydon was a, a very slightly happier place. Lots of um, lots of stuff going on. I mean, last year it was just pre-lockdown too. So there's more building work going on. In fact, one of the areas in West Croydon that I'd covered and used as a sort of example uh, of how things were uh, and put it on the thumbnail image for the YouTube video, that's all been pulled down now. Uh, it's now being developed on. And um, that's, you know, saw that a few times. But, you know, it just looked a little bit cleaner in places. And Surrey Street is much more sparse than it used to be, the Market Street. But there was still plenty of people selling fruit and veg and the like. Um, some quite nice stuff there on, on offer from what I could see. So this time's a bit different. It could mainly because it was more organised. Um, all in 4K on my iPhone. Uh, didn't do any commentary. It wasn't like a, a walk and talk style. Um and then I just took loads of clips, edited edited them together with some intro slides and outro slides, <coughs> captions. Uh, and that was it, really. And it went up there. Um, and what I did was I kind of <coughs> sort of linked it to the old one so that there's a... At the end of it, you can determine what YouTube might send people on to next if they've hopefully watched all of it. So I kind of did a crossover where with the old one I put to the new one and the new one I put back to the old one. Um but actually looking at the stats just now, so that's had that went live three days ago, three to four days ago, let's be honest. It's had about 200 views. Um, more than half of those have been from people searching on YouTube, which I think is what happened with the previous one. That's why it sort of took off really quickly and just carried on going to circa 22,000 views now. Um, 
Yeah, so some of the other things are where YouTube suggests it on their homepage <clears throat> or people or it's suggested around the edges of the homepage to what people might want to watch next. Now, in my early days of researching YouTube, sorry, a bit of a croak again, <coughs> for which I apologise. Uh, but in my early days of doing all this, they said, well, that's, you know, that's where you sort of aim high for. Uh, you want to be on the YouTube homepage so that when people just fire up YouTube, one of your videos is there and this one's there. Uh, so that pleases me immensely. Um, as does the uh, Los Angeles video, which is consistently my highest viewer every, you know, daily. The Seville video is picking up a lot of views. Um, that's, they're the main ones still. Still get some of Dave's tinnitus interview ones. Um, and also people kind of regularly, but in smaller numbers, look at the local history ones. Um, I actually had a neighbour stop me the other day, I was washing the car and she said, oh, I loved your video of Hamzy Green where I just did the walk around. Um, and we had a little chat because on there I mentioned about why my old school, Walliam School, was always picked for uh, one of the schools that went on the choir to the Blue Peter studio um, each Christmas. And uh, one of the girls, or the girl who was with the lady from down the road, she went there twice, got her Blue Peter badge. I mean, she didn't have it with her. Uh, but... Um, and we didn't know, between the three of us, we didn't know why it was always Wallingham School that was picked. And um, I, don't, I don't know, I think Blue Peter still exists, um, whether they still have that. I mean, they wouldn't have done in COVID. So we shall see, see where that goes. Um, now, in my Hampshire Green video, I talked about uh, Hampshire Green Aerodrome, which is something that I did some research with a view to taking into that as a content, taking on, taking in, building in, putting in. Um and I decided shortly beforehand that it was going to be a subject all of its own. And I have to say, I'm glad it is. Today I visited the site, which is now Stables, um, but you can still see some evidence of where the um, the main aircraft hangar was. And actually the proprietor said she's going to get it concreted over soon, so it was quite a timely visit. Um, but also the research into the story around it, the family who owned it and their stories, has been absolutely fascinating. And really this is where my my onion peeling thing comes in um, because as you peel one layer you find another one you think oh let's let's see what's under that one and under that one hence the peeling the onion sort of a uh, analogy I suppose um, and I'll just give you one brief example so one of the uh, sons of the owner it was a guy called Richard Exton Gardner and his he was exactly the same name as his dad and he was called Jimmy I think that was his kind of family nickname but it stuck when he later went into uh into the war into the service life so he it said on the article that i had a printed copy of that um he, he was he whilst he had a pilot's license he wasn't very active now that may have been the case in the early years at um at hamsey green but he joined the fleet air arm in the war 1940 i believe and there were i'd done some research again because i've been peeling the onion and there are around about 56 pilots in all that went from fleet air arm over to the to support the royal aircraft royal air force in the battle of britain and beyond um and jimmy gardner was one of those air airmen so not only that but he served under douglas barder and he was an ace pilot um and that's no mean feat. He got the Distinguished Service Cross, is it, DSC? Uh, and he also got the OBE at some point. Um, and then he went on to ultimately work for the family firm, which was Yardley Cosmetics, until they were taken over in 1969. And uh, he, he died in 99. Um, one of the next branches of my research is to see if I can track down some of the family members now. And I might be using Ancestry, the... Um, 
the family tree and sort of DNA tracing app to see if I can do that. So um, that's probably something I'm going to tackle tomorrow onwards. So initially I was thinking, keep the momentum going, keep the videos going, but actually I don't want to sell this one short. I mean, I've, I've already found a lot of information about what is effectively a defunct airfield. Um, but I know the sort of model and plan I've got for the timeline and the story I want to tell. But obviously, if I can get even more artefacts, then that'll be absolutely wonderful. So fingers crossed that I can find some more information. But, you know, I'm, I am absolutely hooked now on local history. And to have the Bourne Society as our main area for, um, you know, for providing such information. I've got a light, a little light in here and it keeps flashing probably to tell me that the battery's on its way out. What if I turn it down, whether that'll do anything? It completely freaked me out just now when it was going. Um, but I'll have to put some other batteries in. Yes, so um, so that was you know, the Bong Society and East Surrey Museum that I've used before, been so helpful. Um, and I'm hoping to pay them back in terms of producing a really good set of films about the local history as I as I kind of plot and move from subject to subject. So really delighted with it. Uh, I bought some gear yesterday. Bought, um, it was something I've had my eye on for a little while. It's called a Rode Wireless Go 2. And it's basically a little kind of wireless mic set. These things are amazing. I mean, they're almost the size of a little, I don't know, what are they the size of? A large postage stamp times two and a thickness of a about three or four coins. Um, I can't think of anything else that they might uh, match in terms of size, but uh, smaller than the lid, lid of a tin of beans kind of thing um, and square. And basically for this kit, you get two transmitters, one receiver, and you can literally clip them on, pair them up and they're good to go. Uh, but obviously that means you've got a little kind of disc thing sitting on your coat. So you can still plug in things like a lavalier microphone, uh, lapel mic, uh, which I prefer to do. I like to wear one of those like I did today, have it hidden in my clothing. Um, and then it'll still pick up your voice anyway. It's just, just by hiding it and having it covered against any rustling noises and things like that, you can uh, you can get some very good audio. And audio is really important, particularly if I'm talking about stories and history. Uh, so I've just had an initial play and I was very impressed with what I heard. Um but, you know, whilst the temptation is to go out tomorrow and do the rest of the filming in the Hamsey Green Aerodrome video, I'm not going to because what I want to do is make sure I've fully road tested this. So I'll probably just do a recording and bits and pieces of a local walk or something just to just to test it, see how it is against traffic noise and just talking in a normal speaking voice pretty much as I am now to the mic uh, and pick that up. So, But the nice thing is if Sue and I, <laughs> when, if and when, let's say when, we go out travelling again when we do our little films and vlogs, we can just have one of these clipped on and just talk. And for, for a situation like that where we, you know, we've got the camera in the bag or the GoPro and we, you know, we might just decide on the spur of the moment we want to record something, then I, I wouldn't mic up to that. I'd just clip them on. Um, pair them up and away we go so uh, they'd be visible in camera but I think for a travel vlog that's um, that's perfectly perfectly acceptable and of course because they pack up so small they just throw them in the case and you're good to go when you travel very pleased with them um, hope I haven't uh, turned you off from a technical diversion uh, needless to say there's always other bits you buy when you buy some stuff so I'm going to be buying some more bits and pieces this light has gone crazy now it's almost doing a strobe thing stop it um, I'll have to see if I can find a mains plug for it because that'd be good, wouldn't it? Um, and yeah, so the other things that I will be doing this week, I'll be preparing for the Lord Mayor show this week, which I hope to attend and do a shoot at. It's kind of weather permitting. Um, 
it was very drizzly today and if it's like that at the weekend it's going to be a bit naff and I may think twice about it if it's anything other if it's just cloudy and you know or even sunny and cool uh, I will do it because it's rattling off a fair number of pictures in um hour and a half or two hours whatever it takes for the parade I can't remember they've not held it for a year or so um but I'm looking forward to doing that and uh, and I've been published before on Londonist and other other such sites um Time Out magazine had me on the front cover last year one of my images so you know look forward to, to doing that again and getting the stock library topped up and the other thing is the committee work so we're still progressing with this local situation with the residents association but I am now on the committee and um, we've got our own little kind of separate WhatsApp group and there's going to be a meeting this weekend which I can't attend well unless the Lord Mayor show thing doesn't happen um, but I'm going to meet with the chairman tomorrow um, and go over you know the the information that we've got to hand to date uh, to sort of prepare an input to the meeting that they're going to have in my absence on Saturday so yeah so um that's about it really i'm i'm rattling through this one i'm very conscious and this light has just gone mad just imagine a, an annoying flashing light next to you because i've got no other room light i quite like it in low light but i didn't appreciate that these batteries would be running out on me so uh, so quickly that they are so i'm gonna end things now thank you very much for listening this was episode 91 of the late life career change podcast with me phil swallow tell your friends catch up next week 